they had an algorithm running, a bit of a minority report-esque algorithm, which classified uh, people with respect to the probability of them committing a crime. The organization, they didn't even knew they had this algorithm running. For the past few years, I've been labeling everything as being an AI solution. It might be more attractive nowadays to label something as not being AI. Welcome to Data and AI Talks Podcast, your guide to the latest in big data and the artificial intelligence industry. Join us as we interview top experts in the field and explore the upcoming world of technology. Tune in and let's talk. Welcome to Data and AI Talks, where we try to teach and entertain you on your commute to work. Today, we're going to talk about governance in data and AI. With other words, how do we keep our artificial intelligence transparent, safe, and free of bias? Because of course, we don't want AI to take over the world and eliminate all humans. If you like the content we make, Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel because this helps us a great deal. My name is Vincent Spruit and with me today is Mark van Mil, the AI and ethics lead of KPMG Netherlands. Hi Mark, welcome to the podcast and could you shortly introduce yourself maybe? Yeah, sure. Thank you Vincent, first of all, for the uh, very kind introduction and um, yeah, for allowing me to be on your podcast. Very nice to be here. Um, yeah, as you rightfully said, my name is Mark, Mark van Mil. I work for KPMG The Netherlands. And I am part of their responsible AI proposition, which in essence comes down to the fact that hey, we do audit, assurance, but also advisory work with respect to yeah, AI systems, um, sometimes also called models or algorithms in the media. And, and indeed, right? so we help to make sure that these systems of our clients are compliant, uh, that they're ethical, uh, but also that uh, whatever our clients are doing is feasible from a technical perspective. That, uh, that is in a nutshell, and it's good fun. If you want to prevent AI from taking over the world, maybe always ask please to ChatGPT. That would be my uh, my tip. It's, Can't hurt. It's as easy as that. That's basically where it comes down to. And what kind of clients are you working for with KPMG? If you look at our clients, a large part of our client portfolio consists out of public sector uh, clients. There's good reasons for that. In the Netherlands, we had our fair share of, of scandals with respect to algorithms, AI systems going wrong which were uh, public sector related. And the other half is, I think would say a yeah, private sector that uh, comprises out of healthcare, financial sector, uh, and various other uh, enterprises. Okay, so data governance, AI governance, it sounds always a little bit theoretically. Why do organizations need that? I hope one day nobody has to ask this question anymore. And I feel that at some point in time, AI governance or governance with respect to algorithms should be as much as a no brainer or low-hanging fruit question as with respect to why do I need data governance, right? Uh, I, I feel not a lot of people or enterprises anymore these days around are questioning the importance or the value of proper data governance, right? To those who are questioning data governance or the usefulness of it, yeah, it's very easy to point to when things go wrong, of course, right? I don't know if you encounter many people who are questioning data governance or the importance of, but well, I feel... I, I think when you are a smaller organization, for example, or you're, you're just starting you think that's all extra work? Why do I need it? But what, what would you not have? What, what, is, uh, what are things that are go wrong, that could go wrong in practice when there's no proper uh, governance in place, you'd say? Yeah, so I, I think first of all, it's good to establish that governance is always a field uh, in work. It's always, a, it's always progress. It, it, it basically, what you basically want and what governance helps you with is to be in control as an organization, right? So as an organization, you want to, uh, for instance, you want to have oversight with respect to which AI systems am I actually using and applying within my organization, right? Are these systems in line with the core values of my organization? But also if you make certain decisions 
for instance, decisions coming from the top of the organization. And you want to make sure that these are applied and forced uh, within your organization. You need governance for that, right? So governance is really this, this whole body of processes, uh, people that make sure that the organization is going in the direction that you want. If you allow me to give one example, for instance, a public sector organization in the Netherlands, our Dutch National Police, uh, it, it, it came out a couple months ago that they had an algorithm running, a bit of a minority report-esque algorithm, which classified uh, people huh, with respect to the probability of them committing a crime. And one of the factors that this algorithm also took into consideration in establishing this probability, I believe, was related to ethnicity or, or where they came from, where they lived, the organization didn't even know. They didn't even knew they had this algorithm running and also they didn't even know if, if it was ever validated in the past, right? So clearly there was no oversight within the organization that they were even applying a certain algorithm. Yeah, then you're not in control as an organization. And this is, this is way before we're even addressing the bias question, right? So maybe the algorithm was functioning correctly. Yeah, who knows? But we never, we never even got there because they had no idea they were applying such methods yeah and i think in the long run uh, it's, it's impossible to just have ai running around freely because it can damage your image it can damage uh, people it can it can do a lot of harm of course yeah it can um, lead to severe uh, yeah, reputational damage eh, as you uh, as you correctly uh, point out yeah i think there's if if you have one bad employee for example then the scalability is not the impact is less but an ai can do a million things at the same time and in one hour it can basically reach the whole world so that you, yeah, you want to keep that a little bit in check and know the power of it. Uh, you make a clear difference between AI and data governance. And I think yeah, your specialty is, lies within AI governance. What do you think? Are they these two related or is there a big difference between them? No, I, I, I do think there is, uh, there is some, some overlap, uh, right? So, of course, data is a very important part of AI. It's inherently tied to, to AI and the use of algorithms. Yeah, for the very simple reason that uh, a lot of AI technology is not necessarily new. Uh, this technology has been around uh, since the 50s, the 60s or whatever. But it's really because of uh, changes in the environment. And with that, I mean technological progress with respect to, for instance, data storage, um, the ability, the speed to which we can now process data, that these technologies are finally feasible, right? So these neural networks, ChatGPT, for instance, technology has been around for some time. But it's because of breakthroughs in, in, in data and uh, Moore's law and whatever that we can finally apply these systems. And of course, uh, one of the most uh, well easiest things to point out is, of course, that AI systems, algorithms, they're most, most of the time they're trained on historical data, right? So, um, of course, the, the quality of your data uh, and the lineage plays a very important factor into establishing whether or not this data even qualifies for usage by these algorithms, right? Uh, if I'm, if you allow me to point out one of the big risks of AI systems, uh, yeah, bias is of course uh, a risk that is mentioned uh, often. Yeah, so if my data is uh, imbalanced, for instance, right, or if it's not timely, if it's not recent enough, or maybe it's, it's data from an entire different demographic um, that can lead to bias, right, uh, yeah, to the algorithm uh, finding correlations or causations that aren't necessarily uh, truthful. Uh, it can also, of course also be that the data you train your algorithm on to begin with contains zero correlations or causations with respect to what you're trying to achieve in the first place, right? So it could be that your data is just, there's no information in there to begin with. So what you're then trying to do is essentially, well, it's not very productive. So yeah, data is very important, of course, to the, to, to the value, to the success these algorithms have in practice. Okay, and the data governance is, of course, much more about 
it's, it's not something technical. It can be supported with technique, but it's more organizational. You need how, how are we going to arrange it? Should this be done more top bottom or bottom up? What what do you think is the best approach? With, with respect to governance uh, surrounding AI, you mean? Or um... yeah, yeah. How, how would you approach it? Because I, I, for example, I was in the World Data Summit, and there was a data governance was also a big part of uh, the topics. And then this was a question they asked, like. Should it be top down or should it actually maybe be uh, managed from the, the work floor? Yeah, so I, I, I think the cheesy answer would be a combination of both. Uh, I, I can motivate as to why. So I firmly believe that uh, from uh, you could call it top down, but I believe from the top of the organization, there should be a clear view as to where do you want to go as an organization eh, with respect to uh, AI? I, I'm, a I'm a firm uh, proponent uh, of uh, having an AI strategy, for instance, right? A lot of organizations already have data strategies. I feel they should also have a AI strategy, right? Because I, I think most organizations by now have realized that they are actually also IT organizations, right? And in the near future, I, I think the majority of all IT applications will be at the very least AI infused, which will make you an AI organization, right? You don't need to, you don't need to be a producer of AI to be, or developer to be an AI organization within the near future. So I think it's very important for an organization to think about, okay, where are we going eh, in, the, in this trajectory? What, what do we want to use AI for and, and what not? But of course, if you were, for instance, if you're implementing or designing governance, uh, especially if, you're, uh, if you want to enforce certain processes, ways of working, and maybe you want to assign roles within the organization, this has to be supported from, yeah, you could call it bottom down, uh, bottom up, I mean, right? So I think very rarely if you want to enforce ways of working that go really counter to how people on the work for eh, on the work floor are actually working yeah this will rarely go well of course so you, you really need to get a sense of how are people working at the moment how can we for instance improve or increase the efficiency of our employees through ai yeah you see that ai is integrated in a lot of tools uh more and more erps are using it but also ChatGPT and all the plugins i think basically everybody's already probably using a part of ai how do you think it's the responsibility of organizations to register this and at least to know or should this be with ChatGPT or the supply how how would you manage that like how would that be a part of your data governance yeah that, that, that's a good question so of course uh, I, I feel a very important part of this is of course having clear agreements for instance eh, with, with suppliers of ai uh, let's assume you are not a developer of ai but you and you consume, you buy AI products, then it's of course very important to establish uh, well, the pro procurement conditions, for instance, uh, what are the uh, implications with respect to uh, privacy, but also uh, any any rights that maybe can be claimed with respect to the content uh, these systems produce. But at the same time, I feel I have to make an important distinction here. So in the past, it's been relatively, well, I wouldn't say simple, but rather straightforward, right? As an organization, you would purchase or procure an IT product, and then it would be, it's relatively straightforward to, for instance, set up certain access rights, right? Uh, for your employees, for instance, tied to the to their to their function or level, uh, which they have within your organization, uh, maybe through the a a Active Directory, for instance, right? You can set up access rights for employees. Yeah. Nowadays, we the, the landscape has, has kind of changed, right? So nowadays, you and I, every employee has access to the most powerful AI systems, neural networks ever developed through the cloud. Right, yeah. just free access, and this totally bypasses, for instance, traditional access management. So, to drive the point home, I'm a firm believer of dedicating a lot of resources towards culture and awareness. Right. So, as it becomes more and more impossible to limit the rights or the, or the uses of these technologies, I think it's way better to, inve to invest into educating 
end users of these products into how do you responsibly use these technologies, right? For instance, maybe do not upload sensitive or confidential information into a public version of uh, a chat GPT, for instance. That's probably a bad thing to do. So educate users on that and create, uh, instead of a, a culture of control, which is becoming less and less fe feasible, invest into a culture of uh, trust and responsible usage. Yeah, because it's also getting more gray. What What is the employee and what is the personal human? Because I think people are using their work stuff at, as personal uh, for personal things as well and their personal stuff for work stuff. It's the same computer a lot of the times. It's this, maybe the same tools they're using. I think, yeah, the, the, this is a good point you're making. Educate the people and put the responsibility with them. But then if you look at um, creating this data governance, which type of people or which people should be involved in, uh, should there, for example, also be data engineers involved in creating the data governance? No, good, very good question. Uh, I think, first of all, it depends on the risk appetite of your organization. So if you're an organization with, with a lower risk appetite, you might be tempted to initially yeah, ban or limit the usage of such technologies, as opposed to uh, an organization with a higher risk appetite. You might be willing to uh, evaluate things more on a case-to-case uh, -case basis or let employees figure things out themselves. Nevertheless, I feel it's important to, uh, to establish this, uh, again, you could call it top-down, but at least the, the, the top of the organization, management, C-level of the organization should, should set out a course with respect to uh, how to handle this. If you would ask me, uh, where would you start? How would you start implementing this? I feel that people within your organization play a very important role. And these could be data engineers, they could be data scientists. But uh, one of the things I always recommend doing is, for instance, uh, with respect for, let, let's say, ChatGPT usage or large language models in general. I'm positive that within your organization, there are one, two, maybe three people who are early adopters of this technology, who have a lot of knowledge about this technology. Maybe you can motivate them to educate people within your organization first, right? So th this would qualify as a more bottom-up approach. You probably don't need to reinvent the entire wheel, right? So there most likely there are people or departments within your organization with already expert knowledge about these models, about these systems, which you can then leverage yeah, to educate other users within your organization. A very simple example would be an hospital, for instance, right? So the radiology department has been working with uh, neural networks, well, I mean, for years already, right? That's basically what these uh, CT scans are. So I'm positive there's already a lot of knowledge and experience and good practices with respect to working with these technologies in this specific department, uh, which you can leverage in educating other departments. Okay. I, I think there's, it's also about data culture, what you're saying. It's, it's about uh, making people do something. But isn't governance also about writing things down and saying, this is the road we're going to be walking, this is the way we do it? Maybe you should be uh, thinking about decentralized ways of working where you have a hero for every department that, that represents the, uh, these things or more, more people involved. Sometimes it can sound very theoretical, like I said before, and just like a lot of extra work. Uh, everybody's already busy and, of course, everything is important. But how can you make this accessible for organizations that you say, okay, this is... This is the way to do it. Do you have maybe checklists or, or templates or something that, that can help organizations to start? Oh, that, that's a very rightful remark. So uh, actually, it's, it's quite funny you bring this up. Uh, for a recent client we've been working with, in, uh, it's a client in the semiconductor industry, where actually, you're right, uh, part of it is uh, also ha having policies, ways of working, impact assessments. Those are also uh, 
part of the game. Indeed, they led to or they lead to some additional work in practice. Clients were helping them setting up an impact assessment with respect to AI or use cases of AI. You could compare it a little bit with a, a data uh, data protection impact assessment, right? Uh, which we have uh, in the Netherlands as well. Yeah, in the end, this will require an employee uh, or use case owner to fill this in. You're right. But as part of the roles and responsibility dimension of, of governance, we're also establishing, yeah, we like to call them champions. So I, I believe you also uh, coined that term, people that can help you as a use case owner or somebody yeah, who has a idea for a use case, uh, they can help you filling in this uh, impact assessment. Pretty much analogous as it's, as it's already being, uh, being done with uh, data protection, data privacy impact assessments. So there are, maybe to answer your question very briefly, yes, in practice, of course, there will be some uh, additional requirements and some additional work to make this happen, but there are many good practices and established ways of working which we can uh, which we can leverage. Okay, so to start, I, I think most organizations realize they need to do something with it. Uh, they cannot ignore it also with AI and data governance both. I, I think more organizations want to do something with it so they should find somebody a champion in the organization that uh wants to to, to lead and start with a, a first scan of the organization and then that will give you more insights get a an, an maybe an experienced party like kpmg or another uh, involved and then just start from there and see where where is the low-hanging fruit is there some kind of minimum that you need for data governance to make it functional for example also in the world data summit one of the conclusions they took is uh, it's good to have data governance. You need to arrange it really good, but don't overdo it. What are some of the basic aspects that should be looked upon when you're when you're creating this? Oh, that, that, that's a very good question. Um, yeah, with respect to, for instance, international standards, um, yeah, they're being worked on in, at least in the European Union. So, for instance, the AI Act is in is in development in Europe. It's very relevant for uh, European companies eh, or companies that do business in, in, in Europe. It's not there yet. It's not enforced yet. Every nation state will have to basically translate it into their own laws and regulations and, and assign a, uh, a watchdog, eh, as, as, as we like to call it. So this will take some more time. Of course, we as KPMG, we can already help organizations, for instance, with, with readiness assessment, readiness checks, uh, assuming most of the AI will not undergo significant changes. So that's something you can already do. I hope a lot of organizations also learned from the GDPR, right? And that this is something you can already do in advance. It will save you a lot of work when it's actually there. So yeah, of course, there are many things you can already do to anticipate, to prepare for, uh, for instance, laws, regulations, best practices uh, to come. Definitely. So, okay. So uh, no, no, no general pillars in governance that you say you should be focusing on this. It completely depends on your industry or... Oh yeah, sorry. That was, that was your, your question, right? Well, there, there are many things to look at. If I may point out one, uh, which I think is very relevant and which is often uh, forgotten, is what we like to call the costs of control. So you made a rightful comment in that you can focus a lot on governance, same as with data management, uh, but and maybe you have a good business case for AI, assuming you have a good business case, then still in practice, the costs it takes you or the costs that are associated yeah, with being compliant, doing risk assessments, uh, et cetera, they might far outseed the value of the business case itself, which would then make you question whether or not you should use AI in the first place, right? So I've come across some examples. Unfortunately, I, ca I can't name any specific uh, client names, but Sometimes the cost of control, for instance, associated with proving or demonstrating the accuracy of the algorithm involved 
yeah, they were so costly that uh, it made people question uh, the value of the business case. So uh, this is something we also like to uh, help organizations with. That hey, Nice that you have an innovative idea, but is AI actually the best solution here for your problem? Or maybe a more traditional approach would be uh, actually more suitable for you. So uh, thinking about data governance should also be about the, the business cases for AI. It, it's much broader than, than the things that you uh, uh, than I think that I thought because I thought data culture and data governance is very different, but I think it's all linked. The uh, same thing with business case, of course, when you start something, I think most companies, organizations specifically that are maybe not government because for government, I think business case is sometimes less important. It's more also in the greater good, but specifically for organizations always have to be a financial drive. And I think that can be a good drive for organizations to decide, okay, we want to do something with AI. It's going to cost us money if we don't think about it, or it's going to, we're yeah, lose no, money. also I feel if, if, if I look at the uh, sentiment of, of the industry, uh, also have private, indeed you're right, and maybe public sector a little bit less, but uh, for, the, for the past few years, we had a lot of emphasis of innovation. We had large innovation budgets, but nowadays I see much more a, a, an emphasis on, on, on the question, okay, but what is then the value? What is the return on investment of my innovation, yeah. right? Especially in, 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 in a bit of the culture of uh, and the importance of cost saving, eh, for instance, and, and supply chains that we uh, at the moment have, eh, given the state of the economy worldwide. The question, what is actually the return of investment or the value of my innovation, is, is a question that's becoming more and more relevant. So, yeah, you will need to, to be able to demonstrate or show the value your innovation or AI project, for instance, uh, brings. And this might not always be, uh, be a positive if you don't take into concern also things like the costs of, uh, of control. So do you advise some organizations also to actively not pursue AI right now? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I'm a, a bit of a techno optimist in the sense that I, I, I firmly believe these AI systems, they inherently have the ability to be uh, uh, more efficient, uh, to be less biased, for instance, and more impartial than us humans. Mm. Of course, yeah, they create a new set of problems, but in principle, I'm a big proponent of, of technology. However, I do, I do see, and I, I noticed it with certain clients as well, that the sentiment they have is that, okay, so if I, for the past few years, I've been labeling everything as being an AI solution, it might be more attractive nowadays to label something as not being AI, because then yeah, certain uh, rules, re uh, regulations are maybe not applicable to my scenario, right? So- um, An example? Yeah, I mean, I've noticed uh, some, some love again for some legacy systems or um, in the past, maybe it was a beneficiary to your organization to sell your uh, solution that simply used queries, for instance, as being AI. Um, yeah, but in the light of, for instance, the upcoming AI Act, then uh, it's not so attractive anymore. Huh? Maybe to uh, label your solution as being AI, maybe then you want it to be a query again, right? So again, I, I realize this is a bit of a semantic uh, uh, discussion. But I do, I do notice a sentiment in the market that it's no longer the most attractive to label something as being an artificial intelligence system, of course. So, ah, yeah, that's interesting. So we should look how to rename it so that it doesn't, uh, all the, the laws and apply to us, <laughs> that we have a little bit more breathing room. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. That's the sad reality we find ourselves in, but do, do notice though, that in the end, right, if, if you're, if you're actually applying AI system. Uh, yeah, there will be an accountant or there will be an auditor who needs to uh, evaluate uh, your system. So just just think that by renaming it, uh, relabeling it, um, that will not prevent that from 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 uh, yeah. 
or excluded from relevant laws and regulations that will not work. And when things go wrong and you will attract negative attention in the media, for instance, right? Reputational damage, yeah, they will not care whether or not you were using a query or, or a neural network. Trust me. So I think we are ending uh, the conversation. We have, I have one last question in general. What will be something that you uh, want to advise to organizations that are working with this? Yeah, I already mentioned it a little bit, right? So start small. So what I would like to advise organizations is that, okay, the fact that you now have access to AI technology doesn't mean that you need to apply or leverage this technology to do everything yourself, right? So I am a firm believer that AI technology enables you to become even better at your core tasks, right? So you don't suddenly need to also do your own media campaigns, for instance, right? Or your own advertising. Be aware that advertising companies, they will even become better at advertising also by leveraging AI, right? So don't make the mistake that you're, you're, you're trying to become this jack of all trades, master of none. Indeed, see if you can leverage and use AI to become even better at the core tasks of your organization, the core goals of your organizations, their business goals, and see if you can start small. So indeed, start by identifying individuals within your organization that already have a lot of knowledge about this uh, technology. And with respect to, of course, governance, AI strategy, uh, we as KPMG are more than happy to help you. Thank you so much for your time and for explaining uh, these things to us. For now, don't forget to subscribe to our channel. Everybody, thank you for watching and uh, we'll see you in the next video. Bye-bye.